Welcome to You Shall Receive Power. I'm your host, Etienne McClintock, and with me in the studio today is Colin Hone. Colin, thank you for joining us. Colin is the International Director and Speaker for Holy Spirit Ministries. He's also the International Distributor for a new book that's just being published called 50 Days, Prayers and Devotions to Prepare for the Latter Rain and Christ's Return by Pastor Dennis Smith. Our current series is based on this daily devotions in the book, although people can use it any which way they like. Is that right, Colin? They can use it on a weekly basis for study, Bible study, prayer meetings, and so forth. But just before we get into the discussion, please join us as we pray and ask God's blessing. Father in heaven, we dedicate this program to you. It has but one purpose, and that is to draw us closer to you than we've ever drawn before. And we pray, Father, that as Jesus has promised, that he would send another comfort of the Holy Spirit, that he would be his representative on earth. We, as believers, claim this promise, and we ask that you would bless us now through the indwelling of your Holy Spirit. And we invite you into our lives, and we pray that you'll bless our study today. Bless the people that are also hearing this program, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The name of the program is You Shall Receive Power, and it is based on the words of Jesus in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, where we read, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Colin, I'm looking forward to today's program and, and kicking it off with the concept. What is the concept about? Well, it's great to be here, Ian. Um, the concept is about we're looking at what's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit or mm. infilling of the Holy Spirit okay. or anointing of the Holy Spirit. You can use those words interchangeably. Yeah. And so we're going to look at the concept of the baptism of the Holy Spirit today. And basically, there are two works of the Spirit. The first is to lead us and accept Christ to be baptized in water. Okay, so that's that initial surrender to Jesus and accepting him as Lord and Savior. Yeah, we can find that in uh, John chapter 16, where the Holy Spirit, and this is available to everybody in the world. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is working on all hearts to draw them to Jesus, yes, our that, Saved Lord and Savior. Yeah, John has a lot to say about it. That actually reminds me of that text. I think it's First John chapter 1, sorry, John chapter 1 verse 9, where it says that Christ is the light that lights every man that comes into the world. And obviously, since Jesus has ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit, who represents Christ now, is that light. And so the Holy Spirit works on every person born, male or female, born into this world, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of where they are on this world. God works in their lives. Beautiful promise. That's right. So the work of the Holy Spirit, this work of the first work of the Holy Spirit, is for everyone. Mm. And the Holy Spirit is convicting us of sin to lead us to Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. Right, so seeing ourselves as sinners and therefore our need of a Savior from sin. That's right. Mm. And so then to lead us to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and be baptized in water for the remission of our sins, symbolically cleansing us. Or like washing, yes. Washing, mm. washing our sins away. Mm. So that's the first work of the Holy Spirit. And you can find that in John chapter 16 and verse 5. Verse 5, right, right. Do you want me to read that? Yeah, that'd be great. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me where are you going. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. 
Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is for your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And then when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Sin, because they do not believe me. Of righteousness, because they do, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. That's right. Mm. And, exa- and you read in verse 13 also that when the spirit of truth has come, he should not speak of himself. He doesn't talk about himself. But whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Right. And he'll glorify Jesus. Right, verse 14, yes. He'll receive the things of Jesus, and he'll show them to us. Mm. And he also will teach us. So this work of the Holy Spirit is for everyone to convict us from of sin, to yes. lead us to Jesus, the remedy for sin, so mm. that we can have forgiveness of sin. And that's for everybody. Wonderful. It's wonderful to see how Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work together for our salvation. Absolutely. Mm. So the second work of the Holy Spirit is found in John 14. And the second work of the Holy Spirit is to fill us so we can truly live the Christian life and do the works of God. You remember in Acts chapter 1, verse 8? Yes. It says that, when he comes, you shall receive what? Power. Power. Yes, yes. Power. Power for what? So two things. One, power mm-hmm. to live the Christian life. Yes. Because it's actually Christ that actually lives in and through you. Mm. And also power to witness. Sure. And I guess it's really important to have the power for the first part because the testimony cannot be authentic if we say one thing and do another. That's so exact- some, yeah, so the Holy Spirit's got to work through both transform and change us. It reminds me, you know, when you, when you jump on a plane, and I guess you've traveled a few a few times with, with your work, you get on the plane and when they go through all the procedures and the emergency procedures, one of the things they tell you there is before you assist someone else, whether it be a child or someone that's elderly beside you with the, uh, the mask in case oxygen was to drop out of the cabin, these masks will come down, you've got to first place the mask on yourself yes. before you try and help someone else with their mask. And the reason for that is... If you don't put a mask on yourself, you might black out before you're able to help the other person. So in that instance, help yourself first. Make sure you're getting oxygen so that you're alive and living, and then you can help the people beside you. And it works the same way with the gospel, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. Mm. So we we see um, that Jesus is our model example in all things. Mm. He's Mm. our example. First it says he was born of the Spirit. Yes, and we can read that in Luke chapter 3, verses 21 to 22. But here he is. It says, he was born of the Spirit. Now, we also, Jesus says to Nicodemus, remember, he says, we also must be born, born again. again. Or born from above, as some translations say. Yes, Exactly. And he's talking about born of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. As Amen. Jesus was born of the Spirit, we need to be born of the Spirit. We are born of the flesh. And then when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and we receive the Holy Spirit, we too can be born of the Spirit. You're born a second time, yes. And Nicodemus, of course, didn't understand the concept when Jesus introduced it to him. So good that we can grasp that, that we're not talking about a physical second birth, but a spiritual birth, because we are born spiritually dead. Unlike Adam and Eve, we were created spiritually alive. We're born spiritually dead, so therefore we need that quickening of the Holy Spirit to give us a new life, a spiritual life, which we didn't have naturally. So let's look mm. at Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. Okay. And let's see what happened when Jesus was baptized in water 
and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Yeah, this is a f- fascinating text about Jesus' baptism, and it says there in verse 21, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which says, You are my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. That's great. Mm, so incredible. you see Jesus, our example, mm. and also you know, he was born of the Holy Spirit. He was also led by the Spirit from childhood into manhood. Right. And he himself was baptized in water. And we see soon after his water baptism, he was baptized with the Holy Spirit, for which he prayed for at the time of his water baptism. He prayed for it, and mm. then he received it. It's interesting that we see those two components, as you mentioned, you know, being baptized to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, to be baptized, and then to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the second component of it. We see that in the life of Jesus just in those, those two verses there. Beautiful. So the, the, uh, the other text we need to look at in regards to Jesus being led by the Spirit, where would we find those, those texts? Well, let's, let's go to Luke chapter 4. And let's go to verses 1 to 13. Okay, 1 to 13. And see what happened after the Spirit's infilling. When he was filled with the okay. Spirit, what happened? Yeah, what yeah. Jesus no. went and did next? I'm keen, I'm keen to see what, what happens next. Verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So we have two there. Filled with the Holy Spirit and then led by the Spirit. Mm. Verse 2. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. So 40 days fasting. Wow. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command the stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms Of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, And said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hand they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Well, what an incredible... Incredible chapter and and Mm. verse there. So we see Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit. He's led by the Spirit out to the wilderness. Yes. So the Holy Spirit led Jesus out to the wilderness. He was tempted. Oh, sorry. He was fasted for 40 days and tempted by the devil. Mm. And interestingly, the first temptation, he says uh, to him, is that if thou be the Son of God. Straight away. You remember back in Garden of Eden where yeah, did God really say or did God not say? Yeah, so that's putting doubt there, isn't it, that if. That's what he always Question. does, the devil. He puts yeah. doubt and saying, really, if you're really the son of God, mm-hmm. well, if you are, you'll be able to come on this stone and be made of bread. Now, Jesus would have been hungry. 
Absolutely. I've fasted sometimes, and even after like a few hours, I'm hungry. So imagine, <laughs> imagine after 40, uh, 40 days, mm. and he ate nothing. And so then Jesus says this incredible thing, and I think we need to make this link between the Holy Spirit and God's Word. He says, mm. in answering, he says, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Mm. Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, obeyed God's word. Yes, yes, absolutely. So the Spirit and the word would be in agreement. Goes together. And yeah, another yeah. verse, it also says that that the Father is looking for this worship, to worship him in spirit and truth. And in truth, that's and right. And we know that yes. thy word is thy truth. Truth, yes. Sanctify and Jesus is the truth. Word. Yes. Mm, mm. So, so God is looking for people who have the word of God, and be filled with the Holy Spirit, just as mm, Jesus was. Amen. And so we look at the rest of it again. He goes the second time. He says, uh, he tempted him again and says, all this has been given to him. So when Adam had sinned, basically the ownership of the earth or the was given to the Satan. dominion transferred to Satan. Well, he claimed it, didn't he? Yes. That's right, yes. the dominion. And Jesus came to win back that dominion. That's right, yes. So the second one again in verse 8. He answers him and says, Get thee behind thee, saying, For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only thou, thou shalt serve. Mm. So again, he says it is written. So we must, the Holy Spirit will never contradict God's word. Mm, amen. And that's the way you can test, test it from the Holy Spirit that it'll be aligned with God's word. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting that, you know, Satan, by claiming that ownership and dominion of all the kingdoms, he said that he had the authority to give this to Emory he wanted to. And how many people sell their soul to the devil nowadays? We know people who are rock stars and movie stars and that for, the, for fame and fortune who accept that same temptation and they don't actually listen to the Bible or look at Jesus' example in resisting that temptation. And there might be people out there listening to us today who might be wishing for something great and something better, who might even be desperate and say, look, I'll do anything, even sell my soul to the devil, so that I can have riches and fame because they're miserable where they are. But Jesus is our example. And remember that Jesus has a place prepared for you in heaven. He's got a kingdom. And the world's kingdoms cannot compare to the kingdom of God. So I just want to encourage you that Jesus, on your behalf, resisted that temptation. And by faith in him, you may also resist. Claim that promise. Claim the word of God. And by faith, you will also be conqueror because Jesus conquered for you. That's exactly right. Mm. It says that Satan says, all this has been given to me. And he gives it out to people. But when you think about that, let's get that in perspective. Yes. So a few short years on planet Earth mm. versus eternity with Jesus. Look, I, I'm I'm 50 this year, and I'm just thinking that life is very, very short. Why would you sell something so precious, something that cost God so much to purchase for you through the death and through the blood of Jesus? Why would you trade that? I think it'd only be because the devil blinds us and we're short-sighted to those eternal things and the, the really important things. Like Jesus said, what if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? So it's not worth mm. it. It's not worth it. Mm. So then we see that. After the Spirit's infilling, he was prepared to go forth in power of the Spirit to do battle with Satan. Mm-hmm. See, he was prepared. Yes. By being filled with the Spirit, he was prepared to do battle with Satan as never before in the wilderness temptation. Yes. We also look in uh, when he came back in Luke chapter 4, verse 14, it says, 
we looked at he was empowered to preach and teach the kingdom of God. Mm. So the Holy Spirit empowered him to preach and teach about the kingdom of God and carry on a ministry of healing and casting out of devils. Wow. So you're definitely clear there, verse 14, it says, where Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out throughout all the regions. Mm, you're beautiful, Colin. Just amazing. And, you know, I remember before praying daily for the infilling or baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, repenting and surrendering my life to God, I noticed that victory was very, very minimal or limited. Mm. And just like there, Jesus was empowered to have to battle against Satan. Mm. And we need the Holy Spirit so that we too, when we're facing temptation, can have power mm. to overcome his temptations. I mean, we eat two or three times a day. I guess some of us eat more than three times a day. <laughs> but that is to sustain our life, obviously, and give us physical energy. So how much more should we eat the word of Jesus? He says, you know, my... My flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. But he's referring to the words that he speaks, which are spirit and they are life. So we have to feast spiritually on the word of God. And therefore, if we don't eat one or two days, we will be spiritually weak. And also, we, we, we forget very quickly as human beings. We've got to remind it daily about the importance of the word of God, God's promises, believe them, and allow the infilling of the Holy Spirit to make, make efficacious, if I can use that word, what the word of God says and what Jesus has done for us. And then we see when he came back, it says he taught in their synagogues, being glorified from all. Mm. And then interesting, when you read in uh, chapter 4, verse 16 of the book of Luke, it says he comes to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Mm. And then he reads this scripture, this prophecy about himself. Wow. And interesting, in verse 18, if you could read that for us, that would yeah, be sure, great. Yeah, sure, sure. So Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Wow. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. So we're seeing Jesus' mission here under the power of the Spirit. Yes. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Mm. Amazing. So yeah. straight away, you see that? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And Jesus says that in John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus says that we will do the same works as Jesus and even greater works. Well, what works did Jesus do? Well, the first thing is we need the Spirit of the Lord upon us. And when we have the Spirit of the Lord upon us, he'll anoint us to preach the gospel to the poor. Mm. He'll send us to heal the brokenhearted. There are a lot of brokenhearted people in in in, uh, in society today. A lot of lonely people, brokenhearted people, from various different reasons. People who are dealing with depression and many things. And we can help people through the gospel, good news of the gospel. It says to heal the brokenhearted. Yeah, that reminds me of the Elijah message, which we know that Elijah was to proclaim the first coming of Jesus, and that was John the Baptist, and then God's end time people. Uh, also to take that Elijah message there, which will turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers. So that's, a, again, a healing of relationships and a healing of the brokenhearted. Beautiful. Also to preach deliverance to the captives. You see, we are all captives mm. by Satan on this earth. We are all under the condemnation of sin. Mm. Yes, and true. so he has come to deliver us as captives, to set us free. You know, the Bible says, if the son has set you free, 
You are free indeed. indeed. That's right. And also recovering of the sight to the blind, not just physically from the blind, but spiritually we are blind as well. Mm. Well, that reminds me, the last church there in the book of Revelation is Revelation chapter 3. It talks about the church of the Laodiceans. And one of the things that God counsels him us to buy of him is that eye self so we can anoint ourselves because we are blind. And when we have the, notice this, anoint? Anoint, yes. So yes. it's the Holy, when we feel with the Holy Spirit, mm. it opens up our eyes and gives us eye self so we can see our condition really as it so is. So that is a major paradigm shift when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, isn't it? We see our con- true condition. Mm. And then as you said in Revelation chapter 3, the Laodicean church, the last day church, mm. it causes us to zealously repent. Yes, absolutely. And by the gold, the, by the uh, gold. We're gold look at refined more. in the fire. So um, that, with this coming up in some future studies? Yeah, we're going to study about Revelation chapter 3 and what all those things represent. Mm. Good. Looking forward to that. So incredibly, did you notice that in John fourteen twelve, that Jesus said that all those who believe would do even greater works than he did? I don't know about you, mm. but that text has really always... Amazed me, and I've, yes. I've thought about it. I said, well, How is that possible? I mean, yeah. you have a look what Jesus how, did. How can you outperform Jesus? You can't. But the thing is, Jesus said those words. He did say those words, yes. So I believe he's telling the truth. Mm. So what we want to do is, How did that Jesus. What does that mean? Do those works. Yes. Now, Jesus, when he was on earth, could only be at one place at one time. Mm. He could only be in Jerusalem or Samaria. He could only be in one place at one time. Mm. So. So when Jesus is living in us, and let's say we've got a million people who are filled with the Holy Spirit or even more, when Jesus lives in us mm. and we do the same works, it's the multiplication of that, that we will do the same works uh, but even okay, greater so works. To extend geographically and not just having one person, one Jesus here, but people filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus in them, their hope of glory, doing many works around the world regardless of time or location. Okay, that, I like now, to use that a, makes the, the analogy of a McDonald's franchise. Okay, yeah. You know you have McDonald's franchise. Wherever you go in the world, mm. pretty well, well, especially in Australia, you will have a McDonald's and it's run the same way. Mm. It's a, an exact replica of the head office. And right. I see as Jesus' head office in the most holy place mm-hmm. in the heavenly sanctuary. Leverage, yes. So he has a little Jesus franchises all around the earth doing the same Works oh, like having that. the yes, same yes. work, so that's just one mm. way I can I can look at it. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. So, so how will we do greater works? Well, when you read on with John chapter fourteen, verse twelve, it goes on to tell us how. He goes on and says, if you keep on reading in verse thirteen, yes, and let's read right verse thirteen, right until verse twenty six. John chapter 14. John chapter 14, okay. And we just read in verse 12 where Jesus says you'll do um, greater works. And the reason we're able to do it is he goes to the Father. So that's why Jesus said in John 16 it's to our advantage that he goes to the Father because he can pour out the Holy Spirit so that we can do the same works as Jesus all around the world. Okay. So we're reading from John chapter 14 and starting in verse... And let's just read 13... And go to uh, verse 26, and then we'll unpack that. Okay. So from verse 13. Yep. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper 
that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live, you will live also. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is this that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Wow. And he who does not love me does not keep my words, and the words which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. What an awesome promise. Wow, what a reading. What an awesome promise. Mm. So here we have Jesus in verse 12 saying that we will do the same works as he do, but even greater works. And the reason we'll be able to do this is because he goes to the Father and then sends the, Then he says, oh, we'll do anything you ask in my name. Obviously, Jesus is saying, look, you know, if you said, oh, Jesus, give me a, you know, a billion dollars, mm-hmm. he's not talking about that. No. He's talking about if you ask anything, that this Father's will. So if it's the Father's will, he'll answer the prayer. The will of God. Yeah, very the will important. of God. Yes. So, and then he goes on and says, if. Now, there's a condition there. Mm. The word if is a conditional word. Yes. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. He doesn't say keep my commandments to say to prove that you love me. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Mm. If you love God. That'll be proof. That's right. Well, and the if, commandments are all based on love, aren't they? Exactly. Paul says there, and I think it is Romans chapter 13 and verse 10, if I'm not mistaken, that love, agapa, is the fulfilling of the law. So love and the commandments go hand in hand. That's exactly yeah. right. So if you love me, keep my commandments. And then he says, and then I will pray the Father and, and he will send you another uh, helper or comforter is comforter, another word. Yes, yes. And that he might abide with you for how long? Forever. So the Holy Spirit is going to be with us, abiding in us forever. Ever, yes. Even the Spirit of truth. Now, here's the important part. The first work of the Holy Spirit was for everybody. Convicts mm. the world of sin. That's mm. for everyone. And leads us to repentance. Yes. To be baptized in water for the remission of sins. Here it says that the world cannot receive him. Well, okay. Yeah, that is a good point. So so the second work of the Holy Spirit is only for the believer. Mm. Because there he's saying uh, before, he says, if you keep my commandments, obviously you're not going to want to keep God's commandments Yes. if you don't love him or if you don't know him. Yeah. So this work of the Holy Spirit is only for the believer. And so when you become a believer and you start asking, because he says ask, <laughs> Yes, yes. Ask, asking for the spirit of truth or the baptism of the Holy Spirit or influencing the Holy Spirit of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm. Uh, the interesting thing is, is not only will the Holy Spirit be with you, 
because the Holy Spirit was with them. Yes, and it says that he, they knew him already because he was with them. He was with them. And he says, not only will he be with you, but he'll be in you. Now, he's in talking you. about Pentecost here. Yes, Here's because a, that, that is something that they did not have at that time. The in you part they didn't have, the with you part they did have. Jesus, the way he's using the words, he's making a distinction between the two. They know the Holy Spirit. They know him because he is with them. But now there's something special over and above that which is going to take place. Um, and at that time, it was still future, wasn't it? Exactly. And in verse 20, he says, And that day you shall know that I am in the far, that I am in my Father and you in me, and mm. I in you. Well, that is a beautiful thought. How, how intimate is that relationship? It's very intimate. And mm. again, he, he repeats it again about the commandments. He says, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he is that loves me. To repeat it a so second he time. Re- repeats about loving the commandments. You know, yeah. sometimes I've heard many people say out there, well, the commandments have been done away with. Mm. I mean, how can we do it? Why would God do away with the very thing that sure. represents his character? Yeah. To love God and love each each other. Yeah, so, so if the commandments are important to you, then you're a legalist. But how many people will call someone that honor their father and their mother a legalist? How many people will call someone who does not murder a legalist? Or does not steal a legalist Or does not commit adultery a legalist I mean these are all good things to do These demonstrate love So yeah I, I agree with you Commandments and love are very important And they the go hand awesome hand. thing is Under the new covenant found in Hebrews chapter 8 and Hebrews 10 Yes Made possible because of the death of Jesus on the cross mm. You can't have a new covenant without, a, without a, a, a death And then a will and a testament That's right yeah And so under the new covenant It says the Holy Spirit We'll write God's Ten Commandments or His law on our mind and our hearts mm, mm. What, so to give us a desire to obey Him. Yes. So God even gives us a gift. Yes, and Ezekiel 36 takes that same concept in Ezekiel 36 where it says there that uh, a new heart will I also give you and a new spirit I'll put within you. So the heart and the spirit come to go together. Mm. So here we have, and the Holy Spirit will also bring into remembrance everything that Jesus said. Mm, yeah, we need that, don't we? So what's that talking about? The Word of God. Again, it's this corresponding link between the Holy Spirit and, and what, what Jesus said in the Jesus. Word of God. Mm, amen. So that's how we do greater works because we have Jesus living in us through the Holy Spirit, and then we'll have a multiplication of Jesus franchises. So if the Spirit is the is the one that uh, gives us that ability, we can't claim that ability as natural to our own. In other words, you can't claim merit for it because it's not natural to us. It's something supernatural. That God gives us So there's no creature merit Exactly Well like Jesus said In Acts chapter 1 verse 8 hmm. You shall receive power To do the things That Jesus yeah. wants us to do And that's the power Outside of ourselves Yes When the Holy Spirit Comes mm. upon Amen. you Amen So when, when the believer Receives the baptism Of the Holy Spirit He or she Is empowered to do The same works as Jesus Because the same spirit That filled Jesus Has filled him or her hmm. So before experiencing This spirit filling God is still with the believer because he's called and led him or her to accept Christ and be baptized in water. Mm, However, he or she will not have the fullness of the Spirit's power with him or her until he or she receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is mm, why Jesus mm. told the disciples to wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 5 and 8. I mean, here's Jesus. He's just given the mission Take the gospel to the world, starting with Jerusalem, then Samaria, or yes, Judea, yes. Samaria, and then to the world. Then he says, wait. He does say wait, yeah. He says wait. I mean, he just gives a mission and says, hang on, wait, though. Hmm. Here's your mission card. And then says, wait, and you receive power. 
because without the power, we can't do anything. Yeah, those people who are task-focused obviously don't like to wait necessarily. If they've been given their missions, they want to get going. Well, but and that's you, natural, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, That's natural for all of us. Mm. We all want to get on with the mission. Mm. But Jesus says, wait. It must be a very important reason for him to say that. Well, yeah. see, when we try and do things in our own strength and our own efforts, we're, going, we're doing things from our own carnal nature, our own mm. man-made mm. efforts, and then we'll also want to take the glory True, that is so true. So when we look at the Bible, it says not everyone was present at Pentecost, were they? No, the that's right. Acts, not everyone was present at Pentecost. So, But the book of Acts indicates that God continued to baptize believers with the Holy Spirit after the day of Pentecost. Mm. Yes. So one means of doing this was by prayer and the laying of hands. So let's look at a a few examples here in the Bible. Okay. Let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 12 to 17. So we're going to go to the book of yeah. Acts, chapter 8, verses 12 to 17. Mm-hmm. Is that the story about Philip and the Samaritans, is it? Yes. Okay. So I've got it here, Acts chapter 8, and reading from verse 12. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed when he was baptized. Now, this is not Simon as in one of the disciples. This is Simon Magus from, uh, from memory. Yes. He also believed and was baptized. He continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this is interesting, um, Colin. So they were baptized already at that time. They were baptized men and women. But why would they pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit if they already had received it at baptism? So there's there's obviously a, a reason for that. So verse 16, For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So what happened here, this is a clear case, that they were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ for the repentance of sins and concerning the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, people were baptized. Mm. But then the disciples come down, or the apostles, and laid hands on them, for they had not yet received the baptism or the infilling or anointing of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So we see that it's a separate... uh, Baptism of water and the Holy Spirit. Well, Philip obviously was doing a great job because he had been preaching to them and people were converted. But then the apostles came and then through the laying on of hands they received the Holy Spirit. Yes. So we have a clear case. I mean, even in the disciples, they were baptized in the Jordan Mm. by John and even Jesus, they were baptizing people in water. But then later on in in the book of Acts, they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Spirit, Yes. So we even see even the, the apostles themselves. Yeah, well, John the Baptist. The Baptist actually said that Jesus, he baptized with water, John said of himself, but Jesus would be baptizing with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That's right. Mm. So so obviously not everyone was present at Pentecost. And so what they did is they prayed and laid hands on them. Mm. Now, this is a model that was followed in the Bible. Okay. However, the laying of hands is not always necessary. Okay. Okay. One can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit or influence the Holy Spirit by earnestly committing his life to God and by claiming in prayer his promise 
to give the Spirit in fullness. Let's look in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. We've got a couple of verses we want to look at. So Luke chapter 11, verse 13. Right, I've got it here. So if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Mm, Beautiful promise. We need to ask. And Mm. interesting, uh, Luke chapter 11 starts off with the, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, teach us to pray. Wow. They said, teach us to pray. They saw all the things that Jesus was doing because he was always in prayer. They linked prayer mm, with the power, the, with the power that yeah. Jesus had. Mm. And they said, teach us to pray like you prayed, Jesus, yes. so that we can do the same things as you did. Mm. And then Jesus then says, okay, and he gave him the Lord's Prayer. And then he tells a parable about the next door neighbor wanting to get bread. And yes. being persistent. Yes, yes. He says, be persistent and ask him. Because you're persistent, he gives you what you need. Mm. And then he Great comes encouragement. With, then he comes with that last bit there about uh, the Heavenly Father is more willing to give the Holy Spirit to those who are. So he links prayer mm. with the Holy Spirit. So if there's, if there's two willing participants, two willing parties, it will happen. Because we know we're really told the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit, I mean, the Father is willing, more willing. So we need to be willing as well to receive it. Absolutely. And you look how many times Jesus mentions the word ask, ask, ask. Yes, yes, I've noticed He's persistently that. saying ask. Mm. And so he links prayer and the power that Jesus had that was given through the Holy Spirit. Jesus taught that in Luke chapter 11, verse Luke chapter 11. Also, we see in Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. Can you read that verse out? Yeah, sure, yes. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So how do we receive the Holy Spirit? Through faith. Through faith, yes. Just as we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, we accept that by By faith. faith. Yes, believing the Word. We Mm. believe that Jesus, by faith, the promise that he'll give us the Holy Spirit if we ask. Mm. Mm. So we ask in faith. So receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just a matter of faith. Mm. The infilling of the Spirit comes from God, not from the one laying on ha- laying hands on the individual. Okay, yes, So the important. laying on hands is simply a ceremonial act similar to ordaining a deacon or elder for their office. Mm-hmm. Now, one may or may not feel anything at the time of the infilling. However, in all cases, the Spirit will make his presence known soon after the request is made in faith. Mm, very important point there. So you don't give up. You know, If you don't feel anything different, it's not by Feelings, it's by faith. You know, some people the feelings might, will come. Some people might feel things, but don't mm. be. If you're not feeling anything, that doesn't mean you're not receiving. Yes, yeah. Don't doubt. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. So, what some of the examples or changes the infilling of the Holy Spirit will bring to the life of the receiver are: one, you'll have a stronger desire to study God's word. Mm. So, so think about this: the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, Jesus and the Father dwell in us. Mm. Will Jesus seek to study God's word through us? Yes, well, that's his letter, his love letter to us, yes. Yeah, like he said, it is written. So Jesus himself shows the importance of the word. So we'll have a greater desire for the word of God after the Holy, we receive the Holy Spirit. So that would be one of the, I guess, the signs to show that we've received more of the spirit of God. Number two, you also have a more earnest prayer life. Mm. You will want to spend time in prayer just like Jesus the disciples yes. noticed that he was always in prayer. It says many times he departed to pray. Mm. So Jesus mm. was a man of prayer. 
And so we will have a more earnest prayer life. Mm. Number three, you'll see changes in lifestyles and activities in, in your life. Now, this is a process. Sure. Because Second Corinthians 3.18 says that we are changed into the image of God from glory to glory. glory. And yes. remember, God's glory is his character. Mm, mm. So we are transformed in the image of God and Jesus from one character to another. So it is a progression. Sure. Yes. So, so don't be too hard on yourself if you're not exactly where you want to be. Yes. But just keep asking and keep persevering and believe by faith that Jesus will take you there. Because Jesus says, uh, Paul says in Hebrews chapter 12, I believe, that he is the author and finisher of our faith. faith. Absolutely. So what Amen. he began, he will finish. Mm. So we have changes in lifestyles and activities. For me, for example, you know, when I started praying daily for the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, about seven years ago, I started praying for these things. And yes, I did have a stronger desire to read God's word. I Yes, I did have a stronger desire to pray more often and not only to pray for the things I wanted, but to pray for others and for mm. the salvation of other people's souls. Right. So you have a stronger desire to pray. I also noticing uh, that the Holy Spirit started convicting me of my lifestyle and activities in my life. Okay, yes. So, so I started seeing things that I used to watch, mm. say on movies and television, that I didn't want to watch anymore. So you, your appetites started changing. Even started changing your appetite. And that's a big struggle. Yeah, so I'm talking about, you know, obviously appetite for movies and even food and everything, you know. It's everything, a, everything. Yeah, yeah. Because if Jesus is living in you, he's going to seek the same things. Mm. So... So some of the movies I used to watch or some of the television programs, I didn't want to watch anymore. So you had a desire for something different, something better. Something new, something mm. new. So that is Jesus living out his life in and through you, through the Holy Spirit. So all of a sudden you'll have changes in lifestyles and activities. Number four, you'll have a deeper repentance. Mm. I have to admit that you know I've been a Christian for 24 years, but the first uh, probably 12, 13 years, there wasn't a real desire to deeply repent. Mm. Every now and then I would. But as I pray daily for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and like Paul says, I die daily. So it's like if I die daily, I probably need to be born daily. Well, that's true. Yeah, you want, yeah. You want, you want both at the same time. So as you? you surrender your life, it, he'll give you even a conviction of a deeper repentance. And I've noticed that in my life as well. That's been a... A, uh, mm. a journey there, a deeper repentance for yeah. sins. And repentance is a gift from God. If we read there in Acts chapter 5, verse 31, it says that him, that being Jesus, God has exalted to his right hand to be a prince and a savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. So even receiving the Holy Spirit brings that gift of repentance from God. So that deeper repentance that you're referring to can't happen without the Holy Spirit. Exactly. And so, you know, pray the prayer of, of, of the Psalm of David in Psalm 139, mm. where he says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and know me. Thou know me, my down sitting and my uprising. You know, search my heart, O Lord. Search my heart. And so you'll have a deeper repentance. And that makes sense. The Holy Spirit's going to keep working, convicting you of sin. And he's only going to give you as much as you can take. <laughs> I think sure. the Lord is very gentle with us. That gentleness is important, yeah. He is. And so I think if he'd brought it all, all, on, all at once, it'd probably be too much for us to handle. I think so. So the Holy Spirit is continually working or chipping away at us, mm. bringing us to a deeper repentance. Again, what about victory, to walk victoriously in Christ? 
The infilling of the Holy Spirit is necessary for the believer to walk victoriously in Christ. I've come to understand that according to the Bible, one does not know Christ in the fullness, biblical sense, without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And we can see this illustration in the parable of the ten virgins in Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13. Okay. Here, Jesus has given us a parable. Now, he's just in chapter 24, he has given us all the signs of his soon return. Mm. So here's Jesus gives all the signs. This is what you're going to see. Maybe some other time we can go through what are those signs are okay. that we're living today. We can see those signs being fulfilled in our very day. Mm-hmm. And he, then he says he gives three parables, what right, it will be okay. like in the last days yeah. when those signs start happening. And one of the parables is about the ten virgins. Okay. So let's read that. All right. from Matthew 25, starting with verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should be not enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterwards the other virgins came, also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he said, answered and said, Surely I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Oh, that's a powerful parable. A powerful parable illustrated for God's last day people or Mm, church. mm. And we have here a parable of virgins. And we know that a woman in the Bible stands for what? Church. It represents God's people. A woman represents God's people. So Mm. here we have ten virgins. So this is a pure church. Mm, mm. And so we have five foolish and five wise. Now, what was the difference between the foolish and the wise virgins? What did they have? Well, the wise took oil with them, didn't they? But the foolish didn't take oil. They took their lamps, but they didn't take oil. Well, they had some oil, though. Because, yeah, because it says the lamps is about to go out. So obviously there was still a flame, but the flame when the, when the call is made is about to go out. So they're running out of oil right at that crisis moment. That's right. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Mm. So they had extra oil, right. like in reserve. Mm-hmm. And we know that our vessel represents our character. You see, it's like this. Pretend, let's just illustrate and say, you're a, you're a foolish virgin and I'm the wise yes, virgin. Sure. Just... No, I, I'm a natural, I can play that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what happens is, is you come to me and you say, give me some of your oil. Mm. I've run out. Mm-hmm. Well, the oil in our vessel represents our character transformation. Remember, the Holy Spirit transforms us into the image of God. Yes, from glory to glory. From That's character right. to character. Yeah, yeah. I can't give you my character. No, you, you can't. That's right. I can't have your experience. I've got to have my own experience. Yeah. You've got to have yeah, your yeah. own character development, and that takes time. Mm. And that's why Jesus is saying, prepare for that. Go on the journey. The mm. foolish were content and said, hey, I don't need any oil. I've got enough in my lamp. And then everyone fell asleep. So 
we need the oil of the Holy Spirit to transform us into the character of God or Jesus. Mm. And so, mm. so you can't give that to someone else. You can't give that to someone yeah. else. Well, our prayers for everyone listening today, to you, a listener, that you will be filled with the Holy Spirit, that you will have the oil at that time when that announcement's made, behold, the bridegroom cometh. So what, what we see here too also that in the biblical sense, knowing Christ in the fullest, right, is through having Jesus live out his life in and through us through mm. the daily mm. baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right. It's, it's sort of like water baptism is similar to the wedding service. You've mm. been married, mm. I, I'm married. When you got married, there's a wedding service. And so the water baptism is similar to the wedding service. While the spirit baptism is symbolized by the consummation of that marriage when the bride Knows her bridegroom. Right, yeah, that shows that intimacy of the relationship. Yes, yes. That's right. It's saying. knowing Jesus. Mm. So Satan will resist this work fiercely, for he's aware that the Spirit's infilling will break his power in the believer's life. Mm. So understanding and experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit is second in importance only to understanding and accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior. Nor is there any more important work for the believer than to seek the Spirit's infilling every day. And to learn to walk victoriously in the Spirit. Mm. So every day we need to be asking God, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit so that I can reflect the character of Jesus and have power to do the same works as Jesus, that Jesus promised in John mm. 14, 12. Yeah, the, one of the things that stands out for me, uh, Colin, is that you mentioned the word daily again and again. So it's not sporadic. It's something we need to do every day and obviously first thing in the morning before we start the day is go on our knees and spend time with the Lord and ask for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Exactly, exactly. In Ephesians, Paul says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled, filled with the Spirit. Spirit. Yes. And the Greek there is using the Greek verb is actually a continuous action. It's not a one time of um, be filled. It's saying keep on being filled. So it's like a present continuous verb. Yes. So to speak. Okay. It's not a one-time action. It's like keep on being filled with the Spirit, keep on being filled with the Spirit. In the morning, Lord, mm. fill me with the Spirit. During the day, Lord, keep on filling with the Spirit. Mm. Uh, we're like leaky vessels. And so we yeah. need to continue to go back to the well of life. Mm. So we need to seek this infilling of the Holy Spirit every day to learn to walk victoriously in the Spirit. So whether seeking this one of experience for oneself or seeking to lead others in this experience— one must move prayerfully. Mm, Satan will do all he can to cause confusion and prevent it. So we've got to guard against this outright rejection of the teaching, which will lead to the rejection of the Spirit. Yes, yes. But we've also got to guard against fanaticism, mm. which is the other extreme. You know, holier-than-thou attitudes, pride or feeling of belief we've already achieved our goal, which mm, is the Laodicean problem, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it's a bit pharisaical. I mean, the Pharisees were a prime example of that holier-than-thou attitude. Yes. Yeah. So you go to these two extremes. It's like, mm. hey— I don't need it. That was the foolish virgin's problem. Or you've got that, you know, like the pharisaical, is that holier than thou, I've received, I'm, I've arrived, I've arrived, I'm there. Mm. And um, we, we don't want to be at either one of those extremes. No, we we just want to be be in the middle, daily receiving we that. Want a genuine growing, experience. Growing yes. in Christ. Yeah, because both those are pseudo experiences, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah, they're counterfeits. And, and sometimes you can have an attitude of feeling unworthy to receive it. Mm. I found that many who believe they've already received the infilling of the Spirit are willing to have a special prayer to ask even for a greater infilling. Elisha had no problem requesting a greater portion of his Spirit 
than his predecessor as evidenced in Second Kings chapter 2, verse 9. Yes. Where he says, you know, I want a double portion of the Spirit. He did ask for a double portion. That's right. Okay. So there's no mm. problem asking for more of mm. the Spirit. Mm. Well, that's wonderful. That's encouraging. So we can have more as good as it is today, as much as the Holy Spirit fills us today. It, the Holy Spirit's exhaustless. Absolutely. God is exhaustless. He's infinite. And mm. I challenge you listening out there today, why not start today? Mm. Why not start today and repent of your sins and ask Jesus to baptize you with his Holy Spirit? I've been doing that every day for seven years. Wow. And I can tell you before I did that as a Christian, my Christian life of victory over sin was sporadic. My studying God's word was sporadic. My prayer life was sporadic. Mm. And, uh, and I never led one person to Jesus in 12 years. But since asking daily for the infilling of the Holy Spirit or baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're asking Christ to live out his life in and through you. Yes. And when Jesus lives out his, in, his life in and through you, there will be fruit seen in your life. Mm. You will start seeing victory over sin in your life. You will start, God will start using you to witness for him because mm. he says power will come on you yes. to be my witness. So I really encourage you to pray daily for the baptism of the Holy Spirit of Christ in the hope of glory so that you can receive power to witness for him, but also power to transform you into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Mm, amen. That's beautiful, Colin. Yeah, incredible what God is willing to prepare to do for us as long as we're willing to surrender to him. Now get self out of the way and give over to God and let God work in and through us. Thank you very much for that. In the last few moments that we have, is there anything else that we need to consider as part of the study? Well, let's just summarize it quickly. Okay. One, there are two works of the Spirit. First work is to lead us to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, convict mm. us of sin. Okay. That's for everybody. And the second work of the Holy Spirit is for Jesus to live out his life in and through us, through the Holy Spirit. Through the filling in, in filling of the so Holy Spirit. So that we can have power to witness and to do the same works as Jesus and to transform us into the image of Jesus. Mm, we also realize that it can happen before water baptism. It can happen even at baptism mm. or straight after, as in Jesus' case. Yes. Or it can happen after baptism. Mm. What's important is that you receive it. The Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I want to thank you, Colin, for uh, spending time with us today to take us through that, uh, that study. And it's wonderful, the promises of God. Let each one of us take the word of God at face value. Let us claim that and let us proclaim that we believe in God and that we believe his promises, that he's more willing to give the Holy Spirit to us than parents are willing to give good gifts to their children. Now, that's a lot of willingness. So we pray that you would also be willing to be willing to receive it. And we pray that God will continue to bless you. So this is Etienne McClintock, and I want to thank our special guest Colin Hone for coming and sharing those messages with us. And we thank you for listening attentively. We thank you for spending time in the Word, and we pray that God will continue to guide and bless you. There's also a, a free offer, a gift we'd like to provide to people who are listening to this program today. And you're welcome to contact us here at 3ABN. So our phone number at 3ABN is 02 in Australia, 4973, and then 3456. So 02 4973 3456. And the free gift we have to provide to you 
is a book by Helmut Hobel. Do I say it right? Horbel. Horbel. No, thank you. And it's called Steps to Personal Revival, Being Filled with the Holy Spirit. So that book is available to you. You can also contact us here at 3ABN Australia Radio at radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. And we look forward to hearing from you. God bless. been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.